What is up, Daddy Gang? I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding. Oh my God, we have fun here. We have fun here. Welcome to Let Me Ruin Your Life. I play all sorts of pranks on this podcast. I mean, I just fool you idiots, you losers, every single time. Charmed, I'm sure. It's Serena Shahidi. Serena Shahidi has had quite the weekend this past week and you know, it was Pride Weekend. As I'm sure you all know, you saw the IKEA couches. <laughs> we'll get into that later. Um, so I went to a few parties. I wore a few dresses that Tess made me that, as always, ended in several wardrobe malfunctions. I mean, none that I really noticed, but I'm just assuming based on the sheer amount of skin that they exposed. I went to two Suzanne Barch parties, who I love. She always looks incredible. The events are always amazing. I mean, a few times I've been, but still, still. I went to New York, New York, and then uh, on top, and I met a lot of glam demonators, both places. Love meeting you guys, but especially love meeting you guys like at a gay party, because then I'm like, okay, we, we get each other, you know? We're running in the same circles. It's not like a random person on the train, and I'm like, oh God, is this a child? Am I corrupting them? I can never really tell how old children are. So if you're like anywhere below my age I can't really tell if you're like 19 toddler I'm not quite sure but it was a wildly fun marvelously eventful weekend it's always fun just to have a weekend away from straight men you know I mean they're always they're in my phone they're kind of everywhere and I am normally not texting them back but still this time I was like it was intentional all male gays know male gays, which is actually not true, because uh, when I was walking the one block from the subway to the venue one of those nights, I was wearing peep-toe shoes, barely peep-toe. I'm not a slut, right? I'm not wearing um, whore shoes that show all of my toes, like a harlot or something, but I was wearing a little bit of peep-toe, showing a little bit of toe cleavage, if you will, and I walked past this guy, he was on his phone, just gab, 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 chattering away with the girls, I presume, and he, through his conversation, kind of as an aside, looked at me, well, I guess looked at my my toesies, looked straight at my toesies, <laughs> my eyes are up here, buddy, um, looked at me, and without even changing his tone, and barely moving his phone that he was on a call on, like assuming he did not mute himself, he was talking to his friend, he was like, oh yeah, totally, whatever very suckable toes I swear to god that's all the most casual thing in the world did not change his tone one bit yeah man so very suckable toes and I mean I wish I could say that that's the first time a man has commented on my toes on the street but this time felt different I mean first of all not even a good quality of mine right not what I would consider up there. I wouldn't expect, not trying to be self-deprecating, but I wouldn't expect my wiki feet score to be perfect, right? There are some flaws. They have stories, you know? But this time, this toe comment felt different because it was part, it was almost part of the phone call. Like, it just seemed like something he did, like that was his thing. Like he was a toe model scout or something. But, you know, on one hand, I'm like, I assume he was complimenting me. I assume that that comment was meant for me. 
Um, I mean, obviously, it was about me. But what if he was on the call and he was just kind of giving his his girlies an observation, right? You know, you might be on a phone call and be like, oh, pretty sunset, you know, in the middle of your conversation. Oh, cute dog. Maybe he was talking a little shit making brunch plans, I don't know, and just wanted to make kind of an observation mostly to his friends, kind of to himself, kind of to me. Oh, Susan, how are you? How are the kids? Wow, lots of trash on the street today. Oh my God, already in college. They grow up so fast, it's amazing. Very suckable toes. Very suckable toes on the street today. I don't know, but um, it made my night, obviously. That's not something you really hear from gay men, so it's kind of nice to have that as an affirmation of sorts. Also, my friend got broken up with at the club that night, uh, which was another another fun event. Kind of seems like something that's always happening. I feel like my friends are constantly going through breakups at various clubs. And I very much complain about my, like, straight female friends' relationship problems. It, I mean, it's different, because straight women, their relationship problems are like, he hasn't texted me back in three months. What do you think he's up to? He did view my Instagram story, though. Like, it's all very one-sided. It's mostly just them convincing themselves that something is happening when, indeed, nothing is happening. With gay men, everything is happening, right? On both sides. Least clean breakups of all time. Your friend will tell you that he just broke up with his boyfriend and, like, it is over, over. And then the next morning, he'll be at brunch with you guys. Which I very much, I mean, I feel like my love life is more like that than it is like a lot of other women's. And I definitely prefer that. All right. I'm down to hear about the drama. I'm down to hear about the chaos. Oh, what's happening now? Oh my God. There's another man involved. Who did he sleep with? No way. As opposed to just, I don't know what to say. You keep talking about this man and you haven't even seen his face in a year. Like, what is there? I don't even want to listen to this. It's not even juicy. I think you might just have a personality disorder, which is kind of juicy, but that's kind of the standard now. Everyone has a personality disorder nowadays. It's fine. Um, as I was saying, oh, my friend got broken up with, quote unquote, I don't know what happened. Probably going to be at brunch this weekend. Uh, got broken up with right next to Zachary Quinto. And I was like, this is kind of a moment, right? You're on text having like a very intense conversation. Zachary Quinto is right there. Like, this is kind of fun. I wanted to ask him for advice, but uh, my friend said no. Zachary Quinto is also one of those people that it's like, I know you're famous. I know you're like very successful. No idea what for. Could not tell you. I guess an actor. Haven't haven't seen him in anything, but I am missing a good deal of media just based on what I am far too stubborn to ever watch. I will say, however, his eyebrows are absolute superstars, so if he's famous for those, I totally understand it. But speaking of Pride Month, which is almost over, I'm sorry, gays. I'm sorry to the gays. I wanted to talk about (laughs) the IKEA couches. Now, if you're not familiar, is is Gen Z, are you guys on Twitter? Is Gen Z on Twitter? If you are, honestly, don't follow me, because I... (sighs) remake the shit I post on Twitter all the time for TikTok content and I don't want you getting any spoilers. I have like way too many Twitter followers and I have like 60,000. I'm like, what do I do? The least monetizable platform to possibly have. What am I going to do on Twitter? Sell like galaxy lights for $5? Anyway, um, this was a tweet that went viral of the IKEA Pride Collection. First of all, this person captioned it, the IKEA Pride Collection is so insanely cool. And I will say right now, unequivoc- unequivocally, is that how you say the word? I'm not going to look it up. Unequivocally, 
if you are impressed, entertained, if you find any sort of value in like a corporation's social issues marketing campaign, I'm assuming you're a bot, right? I'm assuming you're an Ikea bot because there's simply no other way that you are looking at, oh my God, Ikea likes the gays? Ikea likes the gays? This is the best news of my entire life. I, I won't make a meatball joke. Um, anyway, so you can look up this collection if you want to kind of follow along with me, read along with me, if you will. They made a collection of love seats inspired by different pride flags. Now, these love seats are horrible, which has been pointed out many times. This is not a new observation by any means, but I just want to go through them one by one and really break it down. So the first one, they all say like inspired by the blank flag underneath. The first one says inspired by the two spirit flag, which I read, okay, I read in one of the replies, like, isn't Two-Spirit a native thing? Why didn't they have a native designer do it? Which, if that's true, and I'm not going to bother to look on Ikea's website like an absolute freak, like some pervert scrolling through Ikea.com, I would literally never do that. That's so fucked up. But if that's, like, why would you include that? That makes no sense. It's also just, like, a black couch. There's like a little rainbow something on it. There's some, I don't know, Michael's flower to the left of it, I I suppose. Let's skip over that because that has has too many layers that I'm not familiar with. Next one is the asexual flag. So this is a love seat that uh, no one's allowed to make love on, which is kind of a fun idea. And this one is absolutely hideous. This one is abysmal. I can't really tell what the texture of it is. It's just these rumpled, roughly waves of the asexual colors arranged in kind of a an asexual Georgia O'Keeffe thing over a gray couch. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. It looks like a therapist couch, but someone threw the ugliest blanket of all time over it. Um, The next one is the transgender flag, which has a bunch of blue and pink doodles on it. It looks fine, honestly. It looks like... I like the silhouette. Is silhouette the correct term? I don't know my love seat design language. I like the silhouette of this love seat better. Pattern is kind of giving goodwill curtains, but I'm not necessarily opposed to that. The next one is the bisexual love seat. And we're going to skip over that for now, okay? That's going to be the grand finale because I, I have so many things to say. Okay, the lesbian flag. The lesbian flag one, I actually, I don't mind it, but I think it's just because the colors, the lesbians really got like the best deal color-wise with their flag. But it does look like hotel art kind of printed onto a couch, but in a way that I don't mind. Not something I would buy, but if it came in an apartment, I'd be like, all right, I'll make this work. The next one is inspired by the progress flag, which I didn't know existed. This one's beautiful. It's just like a bunch of flowers growing out of a couch. I mean, can't complain. Lovely, delightful. Movingon.org. Okay, the pansexual flag might be my favorite. Very rectangular, minimalist couch, but then it has kind of these abstract shapes layered onto each other in the pansexual colors. I can't really tell what the seams look like, so it could go either way on that. I mean, it definitely, you know, depends on on how you put this little pansexual love seat together, but probably my favorite. Oh, there's another one inspired by the transgender flag. This one is like a little rainbow and cloud 
ordeal on a light pink, light pink, hello, light blue couch. Looks like it would be great in a kid's room. Honestly, into it. Might be the second fave or third fave. I don't know. Where am I? Okay, non-binary flag. This one, (laughs) this one was very interesting because it's, what is that? It's some sort of fuzzy, dark gray love seat. That might be velvet. I'm not quite sure. And um, it's covered in harnesses, like harnesses in the non-binary colors. I don't know about this one. I'm sure there's a deeper meaning behind it. Once again, I'm not going to go to Ikea.com like some sicko. Uh, I'm sure there's a deeper meaning. I'm sure there's like some poem to back this up. Looks terrible. Does not look good. In the home stretch here, we have the gender fluid flag. This one, this one's interesting because it appears as if someone tie-dyed this love seat, right, with the gender fluid flag colors. And then maybe they were like, this isn't enough, you know, like, let's get something more exciting into it. And they put like, uh, what's it called? When you're on Canva and you're making an infographic about things not to say to people with a dairy allergy and they just have these random blobs, they put like, they put Canva blobs all over it. Or maybe it's eyes. It kind of looks like there's eyes on the seats. Not very into the gender fluid one. Okay. Anyway, the reason everyone's been talking about this, the IKEA Pride couches, is because of the grand finale. Now, I'm going to try to paint a picture of this for you. Maybe you've already seen it. You've probably already seen it, but you can look it up. Or you can just close your eyes and let this wash over you. So it appears to be a purple love seat, just the base right? And all over it are handprints, maybe their gloves sewn on in the bisexual colors. So we got the pinks and the blues and the purples. On the sides, which I actually really like, are these latex, I guess filled latex gloves that are pink and appear to be grabbing the sides of the couch, which is very sexy. Like that does does make sense for for a sexuality to include that it is very sexual kind of horror movie-esque i'm into that design detail absolutely i'm here for it here's the strange part so the cushions on top the one on the left says when you change or to and and the one on the right says nobody believes you so this is a couch that says this is what the what the couch is is yelling at you when you change or to and nobody believes you or if you read it from side to side it says when you change nobody or to and believes you which i almost get more i almost understand that more so this one i did look up I did uh, do a little bit of research. Look at me. I'm like Neve and Max, kind of, but uh, less sexy. Well, sexier than Neve, less sexy than Max. I mean, who can get to that level? Silver Fox. Oh, my God. Okay, so I looked it up. Apparently, the guy who designed this couch, this is from a poem he wrote when he was 15 about being bisexual that includes the line, the line, the line, when you change or to and, nobody believes you. About how, you know, he came out as bisexual, I guess, and nobody believed that he was attracted to men and women. This is such an interesting choice to me. I mean, in any piece of art, but especially one that's being sold for Ikea. First of all, I I have an immense amount of respect for this designer. Two reasons. First of all, I love the, the glove detail. As I said before, the hands gripping the side of the couch are just gorgeous second of all who pretend we're all in one room right 
we're all in one room, we're all uh, like hanging out together. Who in this room would have the Ikea meatballs to put a line of a poem you wrote when you were 15 on a couch for an Ikea campaign? That is, I mean, that's an alpha move. I mean, we need a, we need an alpha male love seat. Ikea, what the fuck? We need that. Um, yeah, a poem he wrote when he was 15. I have to admire that. I mean, I have to respect that no matter what it is, just the sheer audacity of it. Because if I made a couch with a poem I wrote when I was 15 on it, people would be like, why are you plagiarizing Perks of Being a Wallflower on furniture? Because that was my uh, entire personality. It was just angst. So we did explain that it was from that poem. And I also think it's interesting, the idea that you can just kind of slap something you created onto something else you created, and it'll just make sense. It'll just work itself out. I can just print one of my tweets onto a t-shirt and wear it out. I actually, <laughs> I would do that. I feel like I have done that. But I do, I will say, last comment on the bisexual Ikea love seat. I will say I'm kind of upset to learn the context. I'm upset to learn the context. Because it's so funny to just leave something like that. Just let it be. Just, this is the couch that represents bisexuality. And the couch has a cushion that says, nobody believes you. That's hilarious. I shouldn't have ruined it for myself. Why did I go out there searching for an explanation? Ignorance is bliss. I should have just enjoyed the bisexual Ikea love seat. God. It's like, you know what I was thinking about the other day? Is that clip, you know that clip, you know that clip of Bernie Sanders where he just goes, the American people are tired of women. And then it, it cut, like it's clearly part of the sentence, but then it cuts off and cuts to the audience clapping. I almost looked it up to see what the original clip was, but then I was like, why would I ruin fun? Why would I ruin good old, I'm, I'm enjoying this thing, I'm having a ball. Why would I ruin that for myself? Don't let the truth stand in the way of a good meme. I wanna talk about, not for long, because I've already talked for a bit and because I have a date. I mean, that's like lower priority. I'm going to be late no matter what. Um, I want to talk a bit about Britney, the free Britney movement. Now, I'm not going to talk about the legal aspect of it because I have no idea. I mean, I don't think anyone has any idea. Isn't she like the first person who's tried to get out of a conservatorship? So I don't know what to say. I'm not a judge. I'm not a lawyer. All I can say, in the words of Wendy Williams, and I'm hoping, did you guys see this, this clip of Wendy Williams on um, the famous Wendy Williams show that she famously hosts? She goes, what did she say? Shame on you, Britney's father. Shame on her mom, too. Death to all of them. And she says death in that exact tone, and the audience goes, <gasps> they all gasp for some reason. Like, why are you not clapping? She's entirely right. And then Wendy, for some reason, looks she looks also shocked as soon as she said it, as if it wasn't her who said it. But she didn't miss. I mean, that death to all of them. That's the moral of the story with this whole case. I guess it's not PC to wish death upon someone anymore, but it's true. And it's also a very useful thing just to have. Just death wishes, death threats, really all sorts of things. Death to all of them. I love Wendy. Wendy is fantastic. She's one of those people who said so much crazy shit that you can't cancel her because that's all she does. Like, you can't stop someone from watching the Wendy Williams show because she said a, bun a bunch of crazy offensive shit 
because that's all she does on the show. That's the reason anyone's watching it. And it's fantastic. I mean, it's truly incredible. I don't know why I've never been to a taping. It was right near FIT. I mean, they still film there. I could go. My friend Sunny, my friend Sunny was going to go the other day and bought tickets and posted about it several times. And then I guess was like hungover and slept through it. You guys know Sunny, friend of the pod. Sunny's been on here. I actually had a very funny conversation with him over Frozen Margs the other day where he complained that when he uh, was on the podcast as a guest was when people started leaving reviews being like, solo episodes only. We don't want to hear your guests. And he was like, why did that start with me? Which is so funny. He was very offended. And we'll get into that later. I see those reviews. I see those reviews, y'all. As far as Britney goes, what I've been most heated about, it is so ridiculous to me to see publications and to see people act as if they've changed since the days where they were harassing Britney and like fueling her entire downfall. I tweeted about this, like Us Weekly tweeted, free Britney, as if they didn't have her on their cover with some crazy ass headline every week every us weekly and i promise the same like they're not gonna stop doing that to female celebrities the same people who are saying free britney are going to gladly fuel the downfall of the next celebrity it's so insane to how are you like so obsessed with an industry that sucks so hard especially for women and then you absolutely despise women when they break down or turn to drugs because of it. Britney Spears got unfathomably famous at such a young age. It started off from a music video when she was 18 that was super sexualized. She was wearing like a slutty schoolgirl costume and she just shot to an unimaginable level of fame because of it. I'd smoke meth too. Are you kidding me? Of course I'd break down to this. People in these cozy little offices doing stable nine to five work have no right to talk about what they would do if they were one of the most famous people in the world. You will never experience that. You will never be in her position. With what talent? With what charisma? Okay, Jessica from Us Weekly. Why do you think you would ever be in her position? Do tell. All those people, all those publications will definitely do it to the next pop star, is what I said on Twitter, who doesn't maintain a squeaky clean image. Everyone loves women in entertainment, but they can't have a scandal. They can't be out there partying and doing drugs. A male celebrity would never do that. I mean... People are already losing their minds because Olivia Rodrigo, who, by the way, a 10-year-old stopped me in the street the other day to tell me I look like her, so flex. People are already losing their minds because her music sounds similar to other pop songs, which if you are not in her position age-wise or industry-wise, girl, I don't want to hear shit. If you're a 40-year-old journalist, like, get away from her. Disgusting. Of course her stuff is derivative. She's a teenage girl. That's the teenage girl experience. You consume media and you're inspired by it. And that's, I mean, that's all media, but especially teenage girl media. And especially though, like, oh my god, she, she copied a frame from Carrie? No one's ever done that. Shut the fuck up. Someone pointed out, like, if you opened any rookie mag in, like, 2014, you would see those exact shoots. And it's so incredibly true. By the way, if you guys, if you guys weren't, um, like, depressed, white, suburban teenage girls in the mid-2010s, you were missing out on rookie mag. It was, it, I mean, it was a time that can't be re- replicated. Not even by Olivia Rodrigo. 
Kavi Jevonson was out there making absolute moves, you would see the most mind-blowing Petra Collins photo shoots. And by mind-blowing, I just mean she used, like, colored lighting. But still, that's all Euphoria did, and everyone's obsessed with that. Actually, I haven't seen Euphoria. I'm, I'm being judgmental. Oh, Tavi's part of, is it Tavi, Tavi? She's part of the new Gossip Girl reboot. And as much as I love her and loved her certainly back in the day, uh, reboot looks like shit. <laughs> Sounds like absolute shit. It has, uh, it has what I like to refer to as Hamilton syndrome, which is when like 30 to 40 year olds are working on a piece of media and they're like, we want to make this woke capital W, woke, and in doing so, erase all of the commentary in it about the people that it was supposed to portray and makes it like actually way less woke than it would have been originally if they had just done it in a smart way. They could do, I mean, a very, you know, quote unquote, woke gossip girl with just, I don't know, a bit more self-awareness, a bit more like, wink, wink, look at these shitty privileged kids. But instead it's like, these kids at a private Upper East Side school aren't that privileged this time. And it's like, okay, how are they there? Isn't that the whole point of the show? Isn't that the whole point of the school? What do you mean? If the entire premise of the show is just, it's set at an Upper East Side private school, why is there a character with like a lavender buzz cut and a septum ring? How is he there? Explain it to me. But I made a whole uh, TikTok sketch about that, if you will, because uh, as you guys know, I'm an actress and comedian, among, among many, many other things. Speaking of me, as I said, I said I would get back to the, uh, the reviews. And I've said this before, I know you guys don't like episodes with guests on them. <laughs> loud and clear, loud and clear. You guys are fucking ruthless. I, it's hot, honestly. First of all, that's why this season I'm doing solo, solo segments, solo seggies at the beginning of each guest episode, because I know that's the part many of you prefer. I also want to emphasize that the episodes with guests on them generally being worse is not the guest fault. I am an abysmal interviewer. And this is not me being like self-deprecating. Like, I don't think it's cute to say that I'm bad at things. I rarely, if ever, take blame for anything being flawed. But I will say when I try to do episodes in very like interview question and answer styles, I am so bad at it. I'm, I'm good on the other side. I can answer questions, girl, all day. Asking, no. I think it's because I'm like not a narcissist. I mean, <laughs> I'm just, you know, in my own little gorgeous little world a lot of the time. So I'm not, I guess I forget to be curious about other people. My interviewing tactic is like, here's something interesting about me. What's your response to that? So I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to make the guest episodes less interviewee. I did one. <laughs> I won't say, but I did one that j I, I can't post. I cannot, but I can't even like bring myself to listen to it. And I posted some bad fucking episodes, but I like that one is will sit in a hard drive forever. It's horrible on both ends. It's so fucking bad. Yeah, I'm trying to get better. Stick with me. And until then, I will keep doing solo segments at the beginning of every guest episode. Or I'll just go completely solo if I never get better at it. We'll just take the, the L, as the kids say. Anyway, great way to fucking introduce her, by the way. 
By the way, I'm a horrible interviewer. I'm the worst interviewer in the world. Here you go, assholes. Okay, but love this week's guest. We both work in financial media. She was the podcast host for Morning Brew, which if you didn't know, Morning Brew is a daily business newsletter that I do recommend uh, subscribing to. And she is starting a new project, new media company, Thinking is Cool, that has a podcast and a newsletter where she talks about politics, business, social issues, etc., etc. This is the episode with Kinsey Grant. Well, I am here with a very exciting guest, uh, host of Thinking is Cool, Kinsey Grant. Hello. I'm How so are you? To be here. I'm great. How are you today? I'm good. It's so nice to have you. I'm feeling um, this feels very professional. I'm not dressed professionally. I'm in a juicy couture uh, a tube dress. You're dressed very professionally. Yes. Thank we you. both we'll- uh, we both work in financial media. This is very yes. that. just two women networking. No, I yeah, I, um, <laughs> I have on like my slutty Zara, like going out top because it's May. Mm. And so I wanted to wear something that was like cute. And then I got cold. So I have my grandma Aritzia card. I love that. No, yeah. honestly, the best way to like expand your wardrobe is to have ways that you can like make your thoughty little club dresses appropriate. I've been saying it for years. Exactly. <laughs> exist in multitudes. It's really, that's all you need. I contain multitudes. I'm wearing a, a trashy club dress and a blouse underneath it. Um, all right. So this is very exciting for us. I feel like we're both going through life changes right now. When a girl becomes a woman. Yes. You know, that's what's happening with us and um, our... <laughs> I was going to make a, a terrible uh, it, it, puberty joke. Um, but you recently, how recently did you leave Morning Brew? I left about two months ago. Okay. That's very yes. exciting. And now you're embarking on a new journey. On a new journey. Yes, I am. I'm starting my own thing, starting my own podcast. Um, it's We're calling it a media company, but that's a little mm. more generous than um, what it really is. It's a podcast, a newsletter, uh, you know, social stuff. Um, and it's exciting. I've always worked for somebody else and now I'm going to work for myself. That's very exciting. A little bit. But yeah, it's it's been And great. newsletters are very in right now. They totally are in right newsletters now. Newsletters are the new dating app. Yes, for sure. I mean, when I started Morning Brew, I was not a, a newsletter person, uh, but that's the core product at Morning Brew is a newsletter. And I mm-hmm. became obsessive with For those inbox. who don't know. Right. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> I know. I, I exist in such a media bubble, though, online. Like, I... Mm. I have put myself in this bubble a little bit willingly, but also then I go talk to my friends who have nothing to do with the media world and they just don't care. Like oh, they yeah. don't care at all about no, the, I feel the like politics especially, of the inbox. Especially Twitter, because Twitter is like, it's very that. And I feel like half of um, the people I interact with on Twitter are like me, you know, like comedians, caricatures, personalities and then the other half are like journalists and like real people yeah i've been trying to rebrand my twitter from just sharing all the stories i used to write to actually just making jokes and talking about my life and it's worked so far but there are people who get so mad in the dms they're like where's the news 
who the fuck do you think I am? Oh my God. <laughs> Go follow CNN. You're not going to get that here. Yeah. Luckily I never use Twitter for anything uh, <laughs> professional. I don't know if you could tell by uh, my display name, Elizabeth Holmes is fetus, but uh, <laughs> not exactly my LinkedIn. That's what Twitter should be. Like, why do we care so much? I hate when people yeah. care so much. It should be That's fun. honestly, that's what LinkedIn should be too. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I am fetus. like, have boycotted LinkedIn for months now. Horrible. And I have been forced by my co-founder, which sounds so dorky to say, but forced by my co-founder to start using it again because mm. I, there's just a ton of people on there. I hate it. It's terrible. Like maybe if we were joking more, I don't know. It's the like worst. Yeah. No, there are no like, jokes don't exist on LinkedIn. It's just like this echo chamber of internship announcements and you go on there and you're like, is this the real world? Like, do these people exist? I think they do. Can they Which stop? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know, uh, if you've seen Jack Martin on LinkedIn, he's like a TikToker, but he just like parodies those and makes the most ridiculous uh, posts and like claims to have the most ridiculous jobs on there. So do you if think you're going to go on, LinkedIn, on there, even him. get it, though, like, I feel like they are so just delusional. I don't know. Cause I know there are people them. who are in on the joke who add him, mm. but also I'm like, who else is like, on LinkedIn, discovering him organically. Oh God, organic discovery on LinkedIn. Organic <laughs> discovery. <laughs> you gotta just like, the best way to network, just search random names on LinkedIn. Doesn't matter what they do, just a name you like. Yeah. Just a, just a name you think is cute. I mean, that's Connect. how I've gotten every job. <laughs> uh, so how are you feeling with uh, this new phase of your life? You're, you have a throne Ugh. now. <laughs> It is amazing. It's terrifying. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I'm 26, so I am in my head getting up there in age. In reality, absolutely, <laughs> I am not. But I have for, for so long just um, like always been somebody else's report, right? Like I would yeah. report to an editor, report to a boss, report to a CEO. And now I don't have that. And I crave structure like desperately. That's been the hardest part is trying to figure out my days. Mm -hmm. Now that I have whatever time I want to use wisely, maybe, but mostly not. Um, but other than that, it's great. I mean, it's it's awesome to own your own thing. Like, I think you probably get it, too, to own yeah. the product that you're creating. It's it's so much more gratifying. And I feel like I'm so much more creative when I get to just do what I want. Control is great. What I want. Control yeah. is great. Literally, I was just talking <laughs> to my boss you. about this, how uh, for this next season of the podcast, because I'm going to like revamp it a bit. Um, we were talking about when it's actually going to come out. And I was like, well, it's going to take a little longer because I want to redo the cover art, which like I literally, I paid someone to do the original cover art. I could easily pay like anyone again, but I'm just like so stubborn. And I'm like, I have to do it myself. Yeah. But, and it's great. I think <laughs> it's so deeply entrenched in who I am as a person is to be super controlling, which yes. is maybe why I'm single. But I have to a detriment at times been like way too controlling. I was the same way with like, mm -hmm. all of the art and the music and the design for this new show. And I don't know anything about any of those things, but I had to be exactly, yeah. in the room as it was happening, have a hand in everything. And then all of a sudden I'm freaking out because the first episode is coming out in a week and it's not done yet. I'm like, well, maybe I should have focused on that <laughs> instead of <laughs> the little details that I have no business talking about. But, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's heating up in New York, literally, mm -hmm. figuratively, obviously things are opening up. 
we're getting vaxxed. Oh, yes. It's warmer. Are you planning on having like a hot girl summer or are you like, I'm having a, a girl boss summer and I'm, and I'm staying in and pretending I'm, to type for everyone listening. I'm, <laughs> happy now. I'm doing both. Ooh, love. Okay, no los dos, right? Like work, work, I, love. I um, am obviously going to have to force myself to be ugh, a little girl bossy this summer and like, mm-hmm. go to coffees with people, which is horrible to me. But why can't I also have a hot girl summer? I'm vaxxed. I'm single. Absolutely. I'm, and there's definitely room in the middle. Uh, that's that. my kind of networking is you just call an ex and you're like, what, what can you do for me? And then you expense it. <laughs> Then you expense it. Exactly. Have you ever gone on a, an outing and not known if it was networking or a date? That happened to me recently and it was No, horrible. I've been asked out on one and I think I didn't end up going. But I remember uh, he was talking to me about something and he was like, OK, well, like, we'll we'll talk about this sometime. And I was like, OK, if he asked me out for coffee, I know that's networking. If he asked me out for drinks, I know that's a date. Like that was like, OK, right. that's how I'm going to make it distinct in my mind. And then he texted me and was like, you want to do coffee or drinks? And I was like, fuck, <laughs> I didn't account for that. Actually, um, whatever you want to do. Yeah, exactly. we, went to, we went to what I thought were drinks and I didn't know how to dress. So I wore something really slutty and then put a blazer mm. on top of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as oh, I does. love That's actually perfect. Yeah. Right. And then we went and got drinks and drinks was also dinner that I didn't know was going to be. It was, I think it was a date, but it was like the CEO of a company and it was horrible. But I expect a lot of that, I guess, in my future mm-hmm. this summer. That's gorgeous. Mm. Do you use like dating apps? Because we're like very, uh, both very online. So yes. do you have any favorites, any new ones? Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I do use dating apps. I mostly use Hinge. Um, I think I've been like blackballed from Raya. Like I can't get on. I've I can't get on either. Me, like be my my referral or whatever. I think because I shot my shot too soon. Like I yeah. tried to get on before the podcast took off. I didn't have any followers anywhere. And also I've built a following. There's a tweet that I saw recently that I loved. It was like, Somebody asked me why I wasn't on Raya, even though I have such a big following online. And it's because I built a following on the platform for smart uggos, which is exactly what I did <laughs> on Twitter. Um, mm. If I <laughs> focus maybe on Instagram, TikTok, I don't know. But yeah, can't get on. Um, mostly Hinge and like to mixed success. I've only had one boyfriend since I lived in New York for like four years. And yeah, I mean, that's a lot of boyfriends for, for uh, four years right, in New York, to right. be fair. Yeah. We um we spent the, a total of like one day together as boyfriend and girlfriend, and then I left <laughs> to go home for three months, and we broke up while I was home. So honestly, great. ideal relationship. Yeah, yeah, didn't ideal. Have to deal with any of the boyfriend shit. Um, exactly. But yeah, I mean, like it's hinge is hinge. What are you gonna do? Is my yeah. attitude. Like, it's what better else than the other ones. Um, it, it isn't good, but it's that's not. that's not hinge's fault. That's uh. Yeah, especially now, something something changed. All the attractive men left, I think, because you scroll through those dating apps and it's just like, ooh. It is. That is my exact reaction. And as soon as they find out that I host a podcast, the first question <laughs> is always, do you like Joe Rogan? Like, you just got axed from the potential roster immediately upon asking No, that. disgusting. And also, like, with, with me, guys are like, are you going to talk about me on your podcast? And I'm like... You're you probably, yeah, not that interesting. 
Yeah, I um I go back and forth a lot about whether I should include the men in my life on the podcast, especially the new thinking is cool is a little bit more personal than the podcast I used to host. Mm-hmm. So a lot of personal stories. And the first episode of the show is about porn, the porn industry. Mm. And it hit me in the middle of the night that this boyfriend who I was with for one day <laughs> before I left New York, he gave up porn because his Catholic guilt was so tremendous when we were dating that he mm. felt so guilty watching porn that he couldn't consume it. And I, I like tr- tried to pry into why exactly he felt that way. And like, I think the lot to unpack that I am not qualified yeah. to unpack. Catholic guilt like, is crazy. This is the perfect example to put in this episode from my personal life. But will I burn any bridges if I do? I wouldn't name him, but would I burn a bridge if he listened to it? No, my philosophy is if it's not going to get me sued, I can say it. Right. I think that's fair. I think that's yeah. fair. That's like my main concern. I mean, maybe that says more about like what I'm saying than it does about what anyone's priorities should be. But uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely it can make things awkward at times. I've had people I was dating or their friends or whoever listen and get offended. And it's hard to explain to someone who doesn't create that like, if I say something kind of insulting you on the podcast, like it's just for the gag. It's just because I came up with something funny. I'll be honest with you about how I feel. Like the podcast is not a good metric. It's showbiz. That's all it is. It's showbiz, baby. Yeah. What can I say? That's one of my hinge prompts. What is it? What's your your life motto or something? Oh, I love that. A lot of traffic. People are into that one. God, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say about the porn thing. And that's a very interesting topic. And what I find interesting about that is when people like resist or give up porn in any way, it's only respected when it's like a religious guy or like a guy who wants like up his testosterone, whatever the hell they're doing. Like that's when someone brings up like the treatment of women in porn and the ethics of porn, that's brushed under the rug. But like Catholic guilt. Right. That people will a, listen about that. Exactly. A totable, totally reasonable way and like excuse to not mm-hmm. consume. Not that he needs an excuse to not consume <laughs> yeah. porn, right? Like whatever, <laughs> do you, I don't care. But it was, yeah, it was never, I feel bad that I am not paying for my porn and these people I'm watching are getting paid nothing. Mm-hmm. That was never it. It was, I have a girlfriend now and I feel guilty about seeing other women do sexual acts. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not giving up porn. Yeah. <laughs> so that's going to be a problem. <laughs> no. But yeah, it, it's it's terrible. And I think like in making this episode too, it was just so shitty. Like I talked to porn stars. I talked to people who are on OnlyFans. Mm. I talked to producers. I talked to professors, like all sorts of people. And everybody said the same thing, which was if you want to feel less shitty, just pay for your porn. Yeah. And it's so hard to imagine any of the men in my life, especially. I think women might be a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, like they might be swayed to pay for porn a little bit more easily than men would. I can't imagine any of my friends from college, my guy friends from college yeah. paying for their porn. I, it's just impossible in my head to to see that. Not that I'm actively trying to picture that, but. <laughs> I mean, this might be overly cynical of me, but I'm partially like, is that part of the appeal that like they know someone's being it could be. I think it could be. I, I read a lot of Andrew Dworkin. <laughs> <laughs> my friends get so mad at me. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, maybe. I don't know. It's like, it's fucked up. It's also 
uh, I don't know, the way that that people read so heavily into porn as a reflection of who we are instead of like who we are as a reflection of porn, that mm. that back and forth has been really interesting as they talk to to people and like people who have no expertise in porn. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think is more like the chicken or the egg? I think that the <laughs> in my experience having sex in New York, uh, <laughs> the the people are a reflection of the porn that they're consuming mm. but i think it's also it's impossible to separate the two right the yeah. porn that they're consuming is a reflection of their most polarizing kinds of like sexual fantasies yeah you know? like <clears throat> because we want what we can't have we are obsessed with like stepsister porn and then mm-hmm. the the actual way that the sex happens or the sexual act happens in the porn is then um, I was in some cases, unfortunately for most women replicated in real life, which sucks. Yeah. The step sibling thing. I, I don't understand why it's so popular. I've asked probably too many people, um, if they watch it, just anyone, anyone on the street, I'll ask. And everyone says no. And I'm like, someone's lying. They're definitely lying. lying. They're definitely lying. But I also think with porn, it's like, the the situation is only ha- part of the equation, right? Because mm-hmm. you can search on on any of these big sites. You can search for the actual act that's happening, and mm-hmm. then the situation is is just maybe like background for some people. But some people are actively seeking out. Like I don't care if th- whatever kind of shot this is or what happens or what have you. Mm-hmm. They want step siblings. That's yeah. for a whole other show. <laughs> I search like hot brunette podcaster being mean <laughs> to men. <laughs> Like um, romance. Exactly. <laughs> if you go to like Pornhub, the four women part of Pornhub, it like is this what men think that women want? No wonder I am happier single, right? <laughs> oh, the idea, just generally in life, the idea of what men think women want. I'm like, how did how did anyone allow the world to exist this way? I have no idea. Who how let them think here? any of that? So we were talking about our hot girl slash girl boss summer. Yes. And I want to talk about the term girl boss because she has been through it. Yes, she has. She has had a saga. She's been through a lot. She's battered. She's bruised. She has changed. Mm-hmm. She stayed mm-hmm. the same. I'm just saying things at this point. Yeah. Well, yes. Yes to all of the above. And it is my personal belief that it is time to put the girl boss out to pasture. What I, was I, your, I feel it in my bow. <laughs> what was your introduction to the to the term girl boss? I was I was indoctrinated into the religion of girl boss. Uh, <laughs> I would say it was like 2015 or so. I was in college and I read the original girl boss, the book girl boss mm. by now somewhat former definitely disgraced, yeah. uh, Sophia Amoroso. And in my mind at the time, I was young and impressionable. I had never actually worked, especially not worked with men. Most of the people, I was a journalism major and that was a, a major for women at my tiny little liberal arts school. Like nobody, no men majored in journalism. So the extent of my professional work had pretty much been with other women. And I read this book and I thought, like, yes, this is it. This is exactly what I wanted at the age of 19. Like, perfect. And then I got into the real world and realized that it is such bullshit. And it is the product of, like, the patriarchy, not actually for women. Um, mm-hmm. But I have been encouraged in in recent months, I would say, with the the kind of, like, 
reclaiming of the term girl boss and the like, I don't know, chooginess of it all now. Like we have identified <laughs> that this is not actually reality. Wait, what does a positive. What does chuggy mean? I've seen it so many times and I've just never bothered to look I it up. Obsessed with with this idea. And I say this as somebody who has like been incredibly chuggy in my life. Okay. In, in past lives, especially. Sure. It's like it's sure. The so Taylor Lorenz is this journalist for um, oh, the New York Times. I know Times. her. She's like, yeah, yeah. That's she's my like girl. A, an internet culture reporter. She's incredible. Mm-hmm. She wrote a great piece on it that I I read. I recommend anybody who's interested in chuginess read. And the ultimate definition was kind of like you know it when you see it. Like um, I I was this is my sorority turvis tumbler from when I was in a sorority in college. And this is like incredibly chuggy. Um, like, like vineyard vines is chuggy. It's like kind of basic, but um, I don't know, like the, the, it's maybe the next generation of basic. So is, what's the difference chuggy. between chuggy and like normie? Uh, what is normie? <laughs> Just like, like normie. <laughs> I think it's like ch- chuggy is to me, a symptom of late stage capitalism. Like this is just the ultimate form of consumption. We're making things just to consume them. um, And we're buying into all sorts of belief systems because they're based on like consumer trends and fads. I think that is is a big part of what Chuggy is. And, And it's not always bad. Like I don't think it needs to be an insult all the time, but I would not outwardly attempt to be Chuggy. So it's like associated with brands or consumerism in some way i think in a lot of ways yeah but but girl boss has kind of become like this idea of the millennial girl boss has become part of the chuggy ecosystem because you're you know at the end of the day like you identify as a girl boss based on the way that like you dress or the things that you buy or the infographics that you post online or oh, yeah. your linkedin you like <laughs> it doesn't actually have anything to do with the way that you are impacting other women in the workplace um, or in like even professional settings. And I mm-hmm. think that is is what makes it chuggy. But I'm glad that it has been grouped into this chuggy system. Okay. Because it, it needs to. Like the, the idea that a woman has to be a badass or a girl boss or like any hashtag to be successful in business, I think is is horrendous. Like that is detrimental to women actually achieving parity with men in the mm-hmm. workplace. And so I, of course, I'm like on my high horse shitting on people who talk about being girl bosses all the time. And now it's kind of become a joke. And I love that it's kind of become a joke because. Yeah, I feel like I haven't, I don't know if I ever really saw people because uh, I was like in high school when it got popularized. So I don't really know if I ever saw people legitimately identifying as girl bosses. Oh, yeah. But I remember I started reading that book and the reason I didn't get sucked up into girl boss culture I just didn't finish it. Like I was just bored. Lucky Honestly, you. Girl Boss is like not a good book. Like no, no shade, but it's, it's really not. And it's just like it's terrible advice, right? That a woman has to go out of her way to become a different person or to yeah. conform to some standard of success in the business or professional worlds to actually be successful is bullshit. Like that's just not how it happens. Mm-hmm. And I think that often it's propagated by men too. And I sound like a mad woman, but like I am. I I have a specific example of someone I used to work with who tweeted about asking for recommendations for badass women in business who he could talk to for whatever, like advisors or investors or something like that. And one of my work best friends, who's also a woman, we both left the company since then. um, we, We reached out and said like, hey, just so you know, 
you could just ask for for recommendations <laughs> for women. You don't have to say badass women when you say something like that. It insinuates to women that you have to occupy a certain like headspace or or to have a certain mm-hmm. personality to be considered a success. And that's just not reality. That's not what it is like. And he refused to take it down because the tweet was getting such good engagement. It's like <laughs> Oh my God. No, it is. It's so funny seeing like straight men try to get more women in the workforce because the way they do it is very like, yas, queen slay, come work for us. Yes. Girl boss. Yas. And it's like, no, we we actually don't like being. Exactly. (laughs) And then instead of taking the advice of the women in his workplace, he decided to just stick with his his guns right and and leave it up even though the women the only women who had the balls to ask him hey maybe you should rephrase this uh no he would rather just stick with Mm. his his original tweet so moral of the story never delete a tweet if it's getting traction right right right. yeah okay never never. (laughs) if i can impart any wisdom on this audience it's never go back and delete a tweet yes taken us years to learn that um i feel like my theory girl bossery the girl Mm -hmm. bossification of the world has been divided into three parts that was the first phase that was phase one of girl bossery uh the girl boss book the show that no one watched yes um although like pinterest quotes and then we get to the second stage And this is when people started making fun of the same people who thought that like women being in oppressive positions was more empowering than men being in those positions. Right. So that was very like, I know I saw a lot of people do that uh, with Kamala being like, yes, queen, like uh, persecute people. (laughs) Yeah. But like if given the choice between the two of them, I would choose the the like Kamala Harris girl boss I would rather be a bitch and people girl boss no exactly see that's (laughs) so what's what's phase three is that is that the happy media I would say phase three is the evil side of it and a lot of people wouldn't agree that this is phase three but this is how I use girl boss now so uh if you're listening and you disagree fuck you this is my podcast this is my girl boss journey now I use the term girl boss to celebrate as an ode to terrible evil women i am drinking um i'm drinking bang energy out of a theranos mug right now (laughs) (laughs) ultimate girl boss i have so much um elizabeth holmes merch big big fan i use girl boss to celebrate obviously my queen elizabeth holmes anna delvey yeah i mean it's it's brilliant reclaim it and also like (laughs) That is more encouraging to me that we can recognize the the layers of girl bossification mm-hmm. than to just lump all women into one big category. And I think everyone needs like evil role models. Oh yeah, like I I, <laughs> I am a huge proponent of having a nemesis. I mm-hmm. I think it is an enormous motivator. I think everybody should have one. It's amazing. Oh, and I used to recognize, host. Yeah, like, um, I don't know if you've seen on Clubhouse, which. We need to discuss Clubhouse also (laughs) on Clubhouse, how everyone has like shoot your shot rooms. You know, you find someone you want to date. So I would to make fun of those people, I would host like shoot your shot nemesis edition, like find an enemy. And that was the most fun I've had on Clubhouse. I think that that is the only appropriate use case for Clubhouse. Yes. In my humble opinion. 
is Clubhouse, uh, what was it, Chugi? I think it's on its way to Chugi. Okay. It, well, it's it's become a, a breeding ground for hustle porn. That is that hustle porn walked so that girl bossification could fly, right? Like this is something that has lived for years, has been uh, just a like scourge upon exactly yeah i hate it i hate it so much it's and clubhouse is where uh, it it for the i hold on for the people who aren't on clubhouse i'm gonna open it right (laughs) now and i'm gonna read just the names of the rooms that pop up immediately um and if you don't know what it is it's a like audio only social networking app rocket ship emoji like money signs someone Oh, someone's hosting a room called Y'all Let Women Slide Saying Whatever on This App Enough. <laughs> what? what? Um, what? Portia Williams, watch who you have around your man. What, the, what does that even mean? Okay, I'm, I'm interested if my clubhouse looks different. Hold on. Let's see what, what my these like, are like, top. These are like, I think it's because I haven't been on here in so long that I'm like, these aren't even people I follow. <laughs> Bitcoin threat. It's all Bitcoin. Yeah. Super attractor. The magic of thinking big. How NLW created and built a massive crypto podcast. Uh, Who the fuck is NLW? I have no idea. We we have some of the like similar ones on here. Super attractor. The magic of thinking big. Yeah. What the fuck? Like boss up and change your life is the room that's hosting that. Oh God. You don't have to boss up to do anything. Just, oh my God, just change your life. But yeah, Clubhouse is, is horrendous. And um, I, I have done Clubhouse stuff before and I probably will continue to do it because I am a slave to the algorithms, Mm -hmm. but um, I, I don't see a ton of value in it. And also they can't figure out how to moderate content which mm. if we've learned anything from Facebook. It's it's pretty crazy. I mean, there was a month, I think like February, where it was like popping. Yeah. And me yes. and my friends would go on there and we would like start rooms instead of just calling each other. And then like, it was like a call, but then like people joined and it would turn into whatever. And that was fun. I like strangely made a lot of uh, like Saudi friends, like crazy girls and gays who were like, Come to Saudi Arabia, like we're gonna fucking, I don't know, we're gonna I mean, do all this crazy shit. And I'm like, okay. That's not literally the worst dumb. idea I've ever heard. Of oh, that. it was like it was crazy stories. One, um, my girl Nora, shout out. One of the first things she said to me on Clubhouse was, uh, I take antipsychotics that make me lactate. And I was like, We're gonna be friends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I for some reason I am not attracting whenever I host clubhouse rooms, people like that. I'm attracting the like evangelical Christian men who mm. live in the South. And I I have talked about this on the internet before, but it's like always those people who are saying the like creepiest, slimiest things in your DMs. That's true. Like, Proud Christian father of three, wife is like whatever the fuck, Elizabeth something. And those are the worst people on the oh, internet. Yeah. Uh, just I feel that in my bones, you know, like and that. they're all on grinder messaging like 18 year old boys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Clubhouse is the worst, uh, especially like the people who place a lot of importance on it. Like, I mean, no one should take social media seriously in general, but especially not Clubhouse. I remember seeing a guy I know, frenemy of the pod um, who literally posted on like he tweeted and posted on his Instagram story saying like, 
hey, don't think sucking up to me will get you like on the stage on a clubhouse room. And I just wanted to be like, you're 30. That is incredibly embarrassing. Um, what the fuck? <laughs> respect the hustle. You know, <laughs> I, I go back and forth about things like that a lot because because of my job. And I'm, you probably feel the same way sometimes, like because of my job, there are certain things that I have to do on the internet. And one of mm-hmm. them is like to be a little shameless. That's the mm-hmm. only way that I'm going to reach people. And I have to, especially now, I am my only source of distribution is like the, my own social media. And I have had to do some things that I really didn't want to do and never thought I would have to do, like try to make Instagram casual again. And <laughs> it just is, it's been so hard. And I feel guilty sometimes about plugging my own shit on my social media, but then you have to, right? Like this you is how to, I pay yeah. my bills. If, and if no one minds, pay your bills, like, maybe rethink it. No one minds like the way people assume they do. Um, and I think it's important just not to generally take it too seriously because it yeah. is social media and if you take it seriously you're actually insane and you need a little body okay i have a question <laughs> for you yes do you think that the concept of a personal brand is worthwhile i think so. i mean i'm also biased because it's like me and like what do i have besides a personal brand nothing <laughs> jack shit nothing right. um but I, I do think it's important to to distinguish yourself. And the thing is, like, not everyone's going to have a personal brand. And I think that makes it all the more important um, or all like the more significant if you actually do have an image that uh, people remember in their minds yes. and something that will make them be like, hey, like this thing reminds me of you. You have to meet this person, that kind of thing. Um, uh, but it is a matter of like, who you are as a person, like, can you maintain a personal brand? Can you, I don't know, are you that like d- distinctive <laughs> as a person yeah. or can you be? Cause I think a lot of people are just like, I mean, they can try to make a personal brand, but like, what do you, what are you going to do? Like have a color scheme? Cause like, yeah, you know, a lot of people are very boring. I completely agree. <laughs> but I think that part of, I've had this internal reckoning with the idea of a personal brand over the last I would say like four or six months because mm-hmm. I I like what is my actual personality if I have existed online for the last year essentially mm. like I've talked mm. to my core group of friends <laughs> and like my family and that's it but like what is my personality now that I'm vaccinated and I can like go out and meet strangers again and it's it's been really tough because I have like my personal brand online but is my is it my personality is like which one mm-hmm. again chicken or egg like did my my personality inform my brand yeah or is now my brand informing my personality it's troubling for me I mean my philosophy is like we're all performing in some way yeah like just socially, just to fit in and to come across the way we would like to come across. We naturally perform. We can't get rid of that habit. We can't ever like be ourselves 100% authentically because like we're living in a society where influenced by everyone around us. So if we're gonna, if there is no authentic self that we can like go to, you might as well like be putting on a show. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Like why, <laughs> why go, why go for the default, uh, when we're, we're all performing anyway, May, might as well make it a good show. Yeah. Might as well I, sell some tickets. I like that. <laughs> that actually has cleared up a lot. <laughs> <in> my mind. 
Do you have any favorite creators online or any personal brands you specifically admire? Oh my gosh. I don't know what I... your like go-to social media is. Ugh, it's That's a tough one. I think my go-to in, in terms of actually like connecting with people is is twitter which is mm-hmm. unfortunate but um <laughs> i i have a lot of friends who i've made on twitter which i think is great i wouldn't say that i have necessarily found specific creators quote unquote on twitter who i find to be actually creative um and there are mm-hmm. they're out there they're people who have like brought a lot of utility to the platform for me personally um, but i think that's more to meet people who i think are smart we're talking about actual creativity. It's obviously TikTok. Mm-hmm. I, I say as somebody who's created like very few TikToks in my life, um, I spend a lot of hours consuming TikTok, like more than I would care to admit, um, and often more than I should because I have things to do. But I have, I don't know, like the just random across the board people I follow. Like this ex-boyfriend who gave up porn was friends with the guys who made PD famous. So I'm like obsessed with PD for a while. And then I found this puppy who was like doing ASMR, like chef's tasting menus. And like, obviously all of the girls who live in New York, who I love to dunk on in my head when they're (laughs) want to get an escape from New York and feel like you're in Europe for a day, go to this restaurant in the West village. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> um, I love following those. People. I love like I yeah. I also way. kind of hate watch them, but I'm also when people like dogpile on them on Twitter, I'm just like, you look like a, yeah. a fucking loser. Uh, yeah, like, I know exactly. Who you're it's talking literally about. like thousands of like thirty year old right. checkmark like, journalists, off. and I'm like, leave the fucking like nineteen year old sophomore alone, you I know. freaks. Like you have something better to do. I yeah. know that you do, but I love. It's mostly to follow these people who are like, mm, the drinks at like Saint Tropez are so good. I'm like, <laughs> are you sure? Like, have you did you actually try the, the food and uh, the drink? You know what I mean? Like, I love yeah. doing that. Um, but I, I do also follow a lot of these, like, uh, to be completely honest, the like fashion school girls in New mm-hmm. York because I think <laughs> that they're cool and I want to, to feel that cool, but I don't know. It's across the board and it changes all the time. There's yeah. like also, of course, I, I can't not admit that I follow a lot of like super attractive dudes on the internet just <laughs> because, um, and there are a lot of them on TikTok and a lot of videos that make you go like, oh. Like you don't get that as much on Twitter. Yeah, or Instagram. yeah, that's true. I mean, I I like the um, the hot guys I'm not necessarily attracted to that I would classify as like hot ugly as opposed oh, to ugly yes. hot, which is my type. Um, who make like cringy videos? I just love cringing at them. Same. same. I have so much fun. The like POV the, videos. The like reactions to all of those are always yeah. so funny too. Oh my god, I love it. My sister and I, you know, the guy Yonatan. Maybe. He's like. He, I, I ask like everybody would know, <laughs> but he's become this like centerpiece of every conversation I have with my sister is this guy on TikTok who um, did these like incredibly cringy shower dancing videos throughout the pandemic um, it was just like him like dancing, dancing, I say, quote unquote, mm. in his shower, his outdoor shower. And it was really just like, let me see an outline of your penis was what. Oh, I think I know who were. you're talking about. I feel like yeah. I. I feel like I know someone who's friends with him. We like became obsessed with like <laughs> this cultural commentary of this <laughs> hot guy dancing in the shower. Like it was just, I don't know. I, but I love that about TikTok that like, like you find something that you have in common with somebody because your my for you page is completely different from my sister's, but somehow mm-hmm. we both found this person. And now this is something that like we talk about all the time. 
which I is love that. horrible. Like we should have better things to talk about. But that's, <laughs> that's the cool part of TikTok. Like it's so vast. There's so many yeah. sides of it that you can find something. Oh, there are definitely, they're creators. I mean, like I couldn't name most of the like top, probably like 10 creators on the app, but there are people with like 10,000 followers who are like A-list celebrities in my mind, <laughs> just because I think about them yeah. so much and like their content. And it is really interesting. Same. And like the, the For You page, however, I feel like everyone talks about being on a side of TikTok and my For You page is all over the place. I literally got like an incel video on my For You page earlier. Interesting. Yeah, that was like, you don't believe that women only like rich, tall men. And I was like, I believe it. I do believe it. <laughs> it's I, true for I me. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. I um, I have to say, though, that I do like judge people sometimes for um, the, the people that they like on TikTok. Like if I don't like that person and they mm. do and then I see them interacting with them, I'm like, okay, somebody doesn't have any taste. Same, yeah. same. Like this guy I was supposed to go on a date with, I didn't cancel because of this <laughs> for a couple of reasons, but he, I could like tell on Instagram that he had um, paid somebody for a cameo, like a TikToker for a cameo. And I know that she was charging like kind of a lot and he paid this person for a cameo. And I was just like, I don't think we're going to get along. Like, I just don't think that. Was it like a lame TikToker? Yeah. Was it was it? like a, I, oh, I don't know. I can't, I feel bad saying it now that I think she's lame. We can bleep. <laughs> uh, it was, our personalities are just not the same. Yeah. So I thought that the, the smart thing to do was to nip this in the bud. And be like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely a lot of creators who I hate watch and like. You know, lots of enemies of the pod. <laughs> not any, Wait, not who, any that who are like are your enemies. Who are my enemies? Um, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of the people who make those videos that are like politicizing normal videos. Um, I mm -hmm. have them all blocked because mm -hmm. they've all made videos about me, <laughs> and they're so mean. I don't know. There's well, some press, is good press, exactly. But also, like, can they shut the fuck up? I need to I need to have a, a list of enemies of the pod. I think that's what I need yeah. to do and have it on like a website. I mean, yeah, like I said, I think there is a lot of value in having an enemy. My yeah. enemies are really the the impetus for anything that I get done is mostly exactly. I have enemies in my, my enemies, I guess, are just anyone who like has blocked me on Twitter. Yeah, I think that's Johnny Sun rocks. Wait, what's her name? Something gay. Roxanne Gay, she blocked me. Um, oh. Kyle plant emoji. Okay, we're gonna uh, play a little game of just some quick, quick fire, rapid fire uh, topics. Okay, quick fire. Who knows? Um, and you're just gonna let me know your take on them, bullish or bearish. I don't know. Whatever you want to say. Okay. First so topic. Finance meme accounts. Ooh. <laughs> um, bu bullish, but it depends on who it is. Um, there are a lot of them. I went on a lot of dates with one of the better known <gasps> Finn meme accounts. Wait. Well, the person behind it. And he was like a caricature of a person in Can a bad way. Can you say it? I'll bleep it out. Interesting. Yeah. He... Um, <laughs> 
he wouldn't tell me what his account was was until I showed up for the date. Like I said, I worked in media and he was like, oh, we'll have a lot to talk about. And I was like, oh, do you also work in media? He's like, no, I work in banking, but I run a really well-known Fin meme account. Um, and then he wouldn't tell me until he took me to the Ren, first of all, which is like red flag number one. Um, oh and then God. he wouldn't tell me until we were in person. And then we spent like a month talking about it basically. But yeah, he – so like – People like that that I know are actually running these things and like yeah. taking it way too seriously, bearish. But the people who have turned them into actual products that I think are useful, bullish. Love it. Just depends. I guess we already, I had Clubhouse written down. I guess we already yeah. talked about that. <laughs> um, single John Mulaney. Uh, <laughs> bullish because he's like a tormented soul and I have a savior complex. Um, I, I, it's sad to me that he's had such a rough year, but I think that he is attractive and apparently goes to the diner near my apartment Ooh. every Sunday morning or used to. I don't know if he still does. Um, too early for me to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, I'm like, at what point, like, I know we're all sad about it right now. At what point can I be like, who wants to set me up with John Mulaney? Yeah, like if anybody knows anybody. Um, yeah, like so sad, so sad. But so like sad I can make him feel better. Your wife. But I've always pictured myself as somebody's second wife. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel I, pretty, I definitely feel sure that. about that. That it, my first marriage, someone else's second. If, if it happens. Definitely. I mean, I believe in having multiple marriages. Yeah. I was just listening to, uh, I don't know if you've read the book, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. I have not. It's It was recommended to me many a time. And it's about this girl who like interviews a, a fictional old Hollywood legend who talks about her seven ex-husbands. Oh, I and love it's, that. It's great so far. Okay. I'll read um, it. Anyway, TikTok houses. Um. <laughs> I guess like, okay, I'm going to answer this two ways. And I know this is against the rules of rapid fire. From a business perspective, uh, bullish. From a content consumer perspective, bearish. Mm-hmm. I think Do that you- like, you, can, you really cut down on costs if you get all of these people. And like, there's a lot of synergies and like, cross promotions that can happen. But I think that it's like, it's no fun for me to watch these people. Live I also better. think like they're kind of past their heyday. Like I haven't. I think so too. I feel like over the summer or something, I don't know, maybe in the fall, it was like a new house was being announced every day. Yeah. Well, I think like that maybe is a symptom of the fact that we were like horny for people being together. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> like, true. The idea of people who maybe didn't know each other getting to live together was like novel seeing people interact wildly exciting for us yeah um working from home oh bearish i hate it i hate it i hate it i I hate it so much i used to work in a we work and i had Mm. the time of my life working in we works i hated the company but i loved (laughs) the people that i met um the best was when it would be like i don't know a, a business of all australian men moved in next door and i'd be like Oh, interesting. Is it Christmas? <laughs> you know, like, it was incredible. That was the best part, the boys. Mm. If any of my bosses. I mean, you can always recreate that in your apartment. Never That's say never. That's true. That is true. Uh, Dogecoin. Uh, Barrett. <laughs> my, um, my mom is big into Dogecoin, of course. Mm, um, interesting. And 
my issue is that nobody really understands it. Like the idea of a meme stock is inevitable, but I just think it's silly. And I know somebody's going to be in like 10 years, like what an idiot that Kinsey Grant was, but bearish. Yeah. We're all billionaires from Doge. (laughs) Everybody's making money, but you. (laughs) Um, the social network. I saw you tweeted about them. Oh movie. my God. So bullish. It's my favorite Sick. comfort movie. Like, you know, everybody has a comfort movie. Mine are Hot Rod and The Social Network. Um, and I'm just obsessed. Like, it's my, an incredible inside movie. of my head is just a constant loop of the scene when Andrew Garfield is in. I know exactly the scene. <laughs> He's wearing <laughs> Oh, and slams a lot. Oh my God. Uh, I'm like, uh, excited just thinking about also, it. Also, Andrew Garfield and Jesse Eisenberg so hot in that movie oh my god so hot i mean jesse eisenberg i'm convinced the love of my life i know he's married whatever he's a fixer-upper i can change him um unless john mulaney is listening in which case i can change (laughs) you (laughs) yes yes yeah really i can change whoever's whoever's listening um definitely can yeah (laughs) for the worse let me ruin your life but yeah that's a sexy movie oh it's so sexy i'm like gonna have to watch it again yeah honestly army hammers the the winkle boss yes like yeah i have such like i uh, I, I go back and i've like interviewed the the winkle the actual winkle boss twins mm. and really seem like genuinely great people um and then like obviously i love army hammer but obviously now i can't (laughs) love army hammer like it's, it's a lot to keep up with mentally like is he a cannibal is he not is he like an abuser probably is he still hot like can we separate you know what i mean mm. <laughs> it's tough well, yeah it's like mental gymnastics honestly we just need to make like a wax figure of him at, at this point yeah like just maybe a robot you know like let's yeah. not waste that frame and that face yes but you know <laughs> we don't want to support him directly right i just think about so i'm like very tall and i come from very athletic stock even though i myself am not an athlete and I think all the time, like, imagine the kinds of children I would have with somebody like that. Like, they would be. Imagine the money he would make as a sperm donor. Oh, my God. Army Hammer, if you're listening. <laughs> Boy, do we have the Get idea a for cup. you. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody has to know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, he's not. He's going to be out of work in Hollywood, it would appear. So, yeah, maybe that's I mean, the next. That's the journey of Army Hammer. He does come from a lot of money. He'll be yeah. just fine. But it'll be OK be all right is there anything you want to say to the people anything you want to plug before you go so uh go listen to my podcast after you finish this one Uh, it's called thinking is cool you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts and yeah if anybody wants to follow me on social send me a dm send me an email i will respond to you pretty much 100% of the time, 100%. Send her doge. Yes, please. <laughs> Actually, yes. If you want to email me, the price is one dogecoin. No. Um, yeah, but it's just Kinsey at thinkingiscool.com and then Kinsey Grant pretty much everywhere else. Okay. Well, sorry. I just got to start. My mother sent me an email. <laughs> Subject line, all caps. Did you do your taxes? Uh, did you? The deadline is Monday. Um, I'm going to do them. Like just like today or tomorrow tax. and then the text is also in all caps i'm only looking out for you silly goose you don't want the irs on your back <laughs> you don't want the irs on your back silly i'm goose. terrified of the irs yeah does your mom call you silly goose a lot no i mean maybe i was just being a silly goose earlier i don't know 
I am a big fan of the TikToks about silly goose, like whether silly goose is a hot thing to say or not. Like you silly oh, goose. The if video. a guy called me a silly goose, I'd be like, <laughs> The video of the girl coming out like in lingerie or whatever was happening and the guy being like, yeah, yeah, you silly goose. You're so silly. <laughs> One of my favorite like old school memes of all time is the one that's just a picture of a pond and the text is go ahead, go to the pond since you want to be a silly goose. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a shiver down my spine. All right. Well, don't be a silly goose to your taxes. (laughs) Don't be a silly goose. Everyone do your taxes. That's actually by the time this comes out, uh, it'll be fast. Hopefully you already got so your taxes done. You're a very silly goose if you haven't done your taxes by now. <laughs> um, thanks for listening to all you little silly geese out there. Love you. Kiss, kiss. Mwah, mwah. Bye. <laughs>